baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We might have to uh, return to our topic that we started the show on, which is why would you donate money to a political candidate, considering old Ron DeSantis got about $300 million and poof, went his candidacy and all that money with it. Uh, Somebody just texted, maybe I'm late for this topic, but I would never donate my hard-earned money to any political party. They're just a bunch of power-hungry liars who only wish to push down all other people and groups. When I vote, it's basically for the least evil candidate. Therein lies the problem. Uh, By the way, all week long, we are giving away tickets to see Pink. Pink is coming to the XL Energy Center in October. Uh, We will play a sounder uh, headed into a commercial break that will prompt you to call, and we'll take three callers, uh, three contestants, and all we do, we'll read some lyrics. Think Pink. Think Pink, folks. I'll read lyrics, and if those... You think those are pink lyrics? Say so. Or they could be either pink lyrics or lyrics from another color-themed group or song. <laughs> and all you have to do is say, is, is it pink or is it not? Pretty easy. Fair enough. Yeah. A new study has found a correlation between Bigfoot sightings and local bear populations. There's about no. one, one Bigfoot sighting for every 5,000 black bears. Each additional 1,000 bear raises the probability of a sighting by about 4%. Hence the conclusion that if Bigfoot is there, it could be a bear. Jordana, this, of course, further proves that Bigfoot isn't real. What would you like to say to the fools who still believe in Bigfoot? He's real. I saw him. How do you know it's a he? Running across. I don't. Although the Bigfoot that I saw did not have children in tow. So I'm assuming a solitary one. Yeah, don't want to corner a, a mama Bigfoot. You don't. Uh, I was driving from Wilkesbury, Scranton, Pennsylvania, back to East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. I was driving Route 80 East. Hi. It was a Thursday evening. I was not high. I had just come from doing the 10 o'clock news. Mm. And so it was. it must have been about 1045. I was driving, and Bigfoot ran in front of my car, jumped over the median, crossed the other way and ran into the woods. He was running upright. He was very shaggy and also more gray than black. It was not a bear. Older Bigfoot. It was an older Bigfoot. You know what they say about older Bigfoots who have a little gray? It's distinguishing. That's just Bigfoot's real. So uh, that's fine. Maybe they eat bear. So maybe that's why they're looking for bear to eat. How tall? I'm going to go like seven feet. And was like, like totally human-like. running. Human-like, yes. Well, Jumped more, over the meat. More like, no, more like, um, what, what's the word? Not, I want to say rambling because that's Loping. A, like, yes, yes, a gait that was loping, loping. I guess. Um, and ran into, I did not see the agility of the jumping the median because I don't even know if there were bars on the on the side of the road, I think, or rails, excuse Railings, me, yep. that I think... Um, Look, it was very quick. Obviously, I was driving, and it was Route 80, so I was probably going like 70. And he passed in front of my car, so I saw him in the headlights and then lost him in the median. But he was upright and loping, sort of hunched over, um, but running not not fast, not like running like a man, mm-hmm. like lo- loping. We just made up that word. I don't think that's a word, but it was a lopsided gait into the median. 
He's real. No. No chance. Because bears sometimes stand on end. Too. This was yeah. not a bear. It did not have a snout. I could see the, not that I could see the face. I saw the profile and it did not have a snout. It was like longish hair. I'm telling you, it looked more like a very hairy man. By the way, Miss Grammar, loping is a word to oh, run, taking long, relaxed steps. Great. I'm going to use that from now so on. So it was loping. loping. He was loping. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's real. I don't even know what to do with that. I don't either. I'd love to believe there's a Bigfoot out he there, is but real. there's just not. I saw him. No. Okay. I saw him. Uh, 23 skiers and snowboarders <laughs> had to be rescued in frigid temperatures on Saturday after becoming lost in the backcountry in Killington, Vermont. A call came in just around 2.30 p.m. and search and rescue crews hiked snowshoes and used skis with skins to travel about five miles and bring the group of skiers back to safety. Adam, skis uh, with skins? Uh, what does that mean? What is that? Uh, oh, those are like backcountry skis that you use um, skins on the skis. It's like a flexible skin that goes on the bottom of your ski that allows you to get grip to walk oh, uphill. Got it. And then once oh. you get to the top, you tear that skin off and you're able to use them as a downhill ah, ski. Yes. So it's a way to traverse. Go uphill. Um, yeah, go uphill on, on downhill, skis. downhill skis, basically. Thank you for knowing so, that, David. Uh, I'd love to get a I thought you were really I thought it was expensive. like a wine skin. You know, oh, like yeah. You s- Somebody's no. who's been no, they're, trapped. They're skinning. They're skinning. All right. Um, have you ever been like seriously lost or trapped in winter weather? Uh, no. Although the first time I went ice fishing on Mille Lacs, when I left, it was like a total whiteout. Not whiteout, but it wasn't even like a blizzard. It was just the, the air was like, it was like a fog, like a freezing fog. Mm-hmm. And that was creepy. It's like, yeah. okay. I know I'm going the right way, but I don't, you know, it's it de- definitely uh, gives you, like, you lose your sense of space and surroundings. That sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> First of all, I don't like being cold, uh-huh. but that sounds like my worst nightmare. Mike Max once talked to us about a story where he got lost in, is it oh, called is it a bog? A slough, a duck hunting. Yeah. That, He was yes, duck hunting. I've heard that. that story before, yeah. And that was terrifying. Yeah. So, um, and that's one of my worst fears when we go snowboarding. We just stay on the trails. Trust me, there's nothing, you know, dangerous about what we're going. But once Maddox fell into a tree well. Tree well. Yeah, very dangerous. Oh, those are scary. Yes. And I, and and we were further down the mountain and he's like yelling and I'm like, oh my God, come on. And he's a good snowboarder. I'm like, let's go. But he was little and we had to trek back up. We had to take off our boards and and go back up and then literally pull him out. And he was like so deep in, he was freaked out. Oh yeah, people die in those things. Thanks, thanks for sharing. Well, I'm just saying, it's you got him out, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this is why I don't leave the house. I'm not getting lost in (laughs) Um, cold weather. Yeah, that's frightening. I have been in the woods before, not necessarily in the winter, but when you're in the woods and suddenly you get turned around. scary. It is, it's like, and I know, it's like I know I'm headed in the right direction generally, but. Yeah, that's freaky. A Kansas couple has been charged with fraudulently collecting a dead relative's retirement benefits while they hid his body in their home for more than six years. Federal federal prosecutors alleged that the 61-year-old couple cashed in on more than $216,000 of benefits their relatives started collecting benefits in 08 and received them until November 22. But authorities say the pacemaker shows he died back in 2016 at the age of 81. 
and they've been collecting the benefits again while they hid the relative's body in their house. The son-in-law finally reported the death in 2022. Jordana, what's your reaction to that? How did they keep it from smelling? What did they do with that body? A deep freezer? Got to be a freezer. Stop it. See, this is horrid. (laughs) This is horrid. I know people do a lot of things for money, but my God, this was a relative of theirs too. How in the world can you justify something like that? Over $200,000. Well, how about two? It's the pacemaker technology that turns them in. You know, the pacemaker, uh, his heart hasn't been beating uh, for 13 years or 10 years. Six. Yeah, six, six years. years. Yeah. See, people are bad people. People are bad. These oh, people come are bad. on. We just focus on these cases. There's millions of other people that wouldn't. Would yeah, like you shove, haven't hit a body and you're shoved their relative in a, <laughs> in a freezer. <laughs> Awful. I trust people now. Maybe it was in the relative's will. Hey, I, I, I don't like the system. Please keep collecting my benefits after my death. Yeah. No. Try that no. defense. No. They're dead. They don't care. Yeah. Gross. Uh, Adam Harrison, the son of Pawn Stars creator and star Rick Harrison, has died tragically at the age of 39. Rick Harrison shared a photo of his son himself at a restaurant as a tribute to him on his Instagram page this last Friday. The AP has since confirmed that Adam's cause of death was a suspected drug overdose. Um Adam, are, are you show. familiar with I, Pawn Stars? I've seen just clips show. of Pawn yeah. Stars. Usually it's one where a guy will come in and try to sell something and then he gets violent. You know, they have to escort somebody out of the... But I'm not terribly familiar. But yeah, I saw the story of the weekend. Uh, very sad. And again, it shows you that uh, drug um, drug abuse and addiction is a very, very significant problem in this country. And it touches every walk mm-hmm. of life. Oh, my yeah. God. This is so I, – first of all, I didn't hear this story because mm-hmm. I've been on vacation. And my friend Joel created the show, Pawn Stars. Really? Yes. And, oh, my God. This I'm, I'm literally going to text him right now because that is – and it, I mean he, again, loved the guys and made them huge, Popular huge show. celebrities yes, yes. and made them a ton of money to it. And that became – I don't know if you've been to Vegas recently, but going to the – to the pawn shop yep. is like a tourist attraction yes, now. Right, yep. Wow, I am so sad about this. But you're right, fame and fortune yep. d- does not yep. cure mental illness. Mm-hmm. Nope. So often makes it worse. Yep. And this it is, often also makes drug addiction worse too. Yes, because you have the, the you fun have access. Yep. You have access. Yeah, this is. Thirty nine. Oh my! Mm. Sorry, I didn't know about this story, so I'm a little shocked when right. you told me this. I will reach out to Joel. Oh my God, that's awesome. Uh, the name Scott Peterson might ring a bell. Most strikes people, fear into my heart. Well, most people figure Scott Peterson was rightly convicted and is serving a life sentence for the killing of his pregnant wife. But guess what? The L.A. Innocence Project looking into the case. Could Scott Peterson be innocent of his wife's murder? Uh, we'll talk about that, Jordana, with a very strange connection to that story. I do. Uh, we'll, I do. We'll get into that next. Yeah. But we're not giving away the tickets yet. Not yet. That was pink, yes, but we're not giving away the tickets yet. We're going to do a quiz for you, and we will uh, let you know when that is going to happen. This story about the L.A. Innocence Project taking up Scott Peterson's murder case is troubling on many levels for me. On one, I never want to see an innocent person go to prison. Right. 
that would be devastating. Right. If an innocent person was serving time for a crime that they did not commit. But you don't think that's Scott Peterson? I don't. He was convicted in 2004 for killing his wife, Lacey, and their unborn mm-hmm. son, Connor. She was Connor was still in the belly. Yeah. So, But when Lacey's body was found in the ocean, the body was... Or the fetus was not fetus was found separately. It was very troubling. She was eight months pregnant. She disappeared from her Modesto, California home just before Christmas. I remember it was just mm-hmm. before Christmas. And I remember watching Scott Peterson doing press conferences on the lawn of his home, begging for whoever has his wife to bring her back. And uh, this is so devastating, and we're about to have a baby. And then it turned out, according to his trial, that he probably drowned her in the backyard pool, wrapped up her body, and threw her in whatever bay is closest to their home in Modesto. I thought it was Fresno, but the San Francisco Bay. There you go. In the San Francisco Bay. That's where her body washed ashore uh, and was found in April of 2003. And his defense, of course, was weak because at the time that Lacey was missing, do you remember this? He would, he had a girlfriend. And yes. He, he, had a, was, he was having an affair. Yes. And he dyed his hair and had $15,000 in cash and was headed to Mexico, was the belief. And at the time he was having this affair, he told his girlfriend weeks before Lacey went missing. That she was dead. That she was dead. Right. And okay. here's my connection to the story. I was a news anchor over at UPN or Fox down in mm-hmm. Eden Prairie at the time. I was pregnant with my first child. Marley was born in August of 2003, so I was just pregnant and Lacey was about to give birth. Now, I had tons of hormones and raging. It was my first pregnancy. And I had, look, I had been in news for, I don't know, 10, 10, 12 years at this point. This story affected me on such a deep level that Lacey would come to me in my dreams at night. Really? I'd be sitting in this boat that he had allegedly taken her body in to dump into the San Francisco Bay. And she was alive. And she was telling me, Scott killed me. He did this to me. You have to help me. And she would be begging for my help, but I couldn't get out of the seat in the boat. Like I couldn't move. I couldn't help her. And I remember saying, how? How can I help you? And she said, you have to tell them. You have to – like literally this was a recurring dream that I would see Lacey Peterson in my dreams telling me that her husband murdered her and that I had to help her. And remember, it was crazy. I was a pregnant person, but it was also a time in my life where I said to my husband at the time, like, I can't do news forever because it's affecting me Mm -hmm. on a much deeper level now. And I would see Lacey. She would come to me in my dreams. And when he was convicted, I was thrilled because, A, she had told me he had done it, and I guess there was enough evidence to convict him. He was sentenced to death initially. Now they yes. changed that to life in prison. But the, death. the we've talked to people from the Innocence Project. Yes. They don't take cases willy-nilly that, hey, here's a chance. There must be significant evidence that suggests that maybe Scott Peterson did not kill Lacey. And it has to do with like a, a burglary that happened near their home at the time that she disappeared as far as what what I was reading in a, in a burned-out vehicle that was associated with that robbery, that burglary, yeah. and there was blood in that burned-out vehicle. So who knows? Now, yes, 
when you tell me, okay, Scott Peterson dyed his hair and had cash and would uh-huh. look like and was, ha- uh, but what well, they were afraid having he was an affair. Flee to Mexico. Having an affair doesn't necessarily mean you're a murderer. Uh, not, of course not. Right, and it's not not a good look when your wife is pregnant to have, be having an affair, but it certainly doesn't make you a murderer. But the other evidence we just mentioned sure does point to Scott Peterson. But this is one of those cases too that is just like and. You prove this that is ingrained in our memories. Oh yes, and to have those dreams, oh uh, yes, so vividly that you would remember them this this um, this long ago. But yeah, this is one of those cases. These are cases too, by the way, where personally I never that don't like, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, do it for me. Like they don't resonate with. They you. don't resonate. But mm-hmm. boy, am I in the minority there because yes, these cases yes. Uh, a pregnant woman being oh, murdered by her husband right. because he didn't want to have a baby and wanted to run away with a, another woman. That is a story that grips the country. Yes. A large population. And of the Lacey country. was adorable, mm-hmm. a, a very pretty young woman. And they just seemed like the, and he was handsome too, Scott Peterson. Mm-hmm. They just seemed like this all American family. And to have this happen really just took it, you know, was shocking for everybody. And me, as I, again, I identified with Lacey because we were pregnant at the same time and I was in news at the time. But now to hear this is just shocking. The LA Instance Project says we're excited to have the incredible attorneys air, uh, to attorneys lending their considerable expertise to helping solve Scott Peterson's and help prove, excuse me, Scott Peterson's innocence. I mean, that means they must have something. Oh, of course. Like I said, they were like the, we've talked to the representative. We had just um, the case in the news here. Recently. And I don't want to be that person who says, well, he did it. Absolutely. I mean, even though she told me in my dreams, you know, I, I don't because if he didn't, no innocent person should go to prison. But my goodness, if they're going to get him that. off on a technicality or uh this. We've had those discussions too, though, with innocence prizes. Whether it's are you just exposing, are, are you taking these cases because of shoddy police work, or because you actually think these these people are innocent, and that is the driving force. If the if and it should be the that, second one, right? It shouldn't be just well. We should be looking for cases where the police screwed up, and we can get you. Which, by the way, is still a reason to have convictions overturned. Mm-hmm. But I would hope that this would reveal that he is not the one for, for two reasons. If he's innocent, he shouldn't be in prison. Correct. And two, whoever did it is still out there. Correct. All of those things are true. But this one got me to my core because I did believe that Scott Peterson was guilty and maybe he still is. Um, And I tell you, I really struggled with talking about this this story on the air. This was, of course, when she was missing and just found dead. I was way before the trial and she would come to me at night telling me that her husband did it and that I had to help her. And I, I didn't know how to help her, obviously. Mm. Um, it was frustrating. But now I remember those dreams and I think to myself, wow, that jerk better not get off with this, with knowing in the back of my head that if he didn't do it, he should not have been in prison. But my God. If I film myself my doing God. a good deed, if I oh. film myself doing a good deed and post it on social media, am I doing it for the right reasons? Let's talk about that next. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. One of my great things that bug the living you know what out of me is people that are like, you look at me, look at me, look at me. Usually social media has exposed that. You know, like us people on the radio. Right. Or on TV. No. I get it. <laughs> and it. And, you know, if they're out there feeding the homeless or, you know, oh, look at what I'm doing for my community, that my initial reaction is who cares? But then I realize, you know what, that might bug me, but at the same time, they're still doing good for the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So should we be irritated or annoyed when people do that? And I'm taught, you know, usually I think we can generalize in this one that it's younger folks. It's the younger generations mm-hmm. that are doing everything for the camera. Millennials, Gen Z, they're mm-hmm. living their lives mm-hmm. in front of the camera. Uh, point case in point, uh, article in the Star Tribune this weekend about I've never heard of them because I'm not a huge Huge TikTok. I, I do. I'm on TikTok quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I am not familiar with Josh Lulgenquist, who is a local kid. I say kid. He's a young man. Mm-hmm. He's a TikToker. He's got 5 million followers. He's 26. 26. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he feeds the homeless, but he does it on camera. And it's his thing. And that's the question. Is it? Are you asking if it's still a good deed? If it's oh, it is a good deed for but the is clicks. It, is he is he being exploitive, or is it just a good deed that he wants to share with people? Uh, it can oh, be. Russia just texted me. He said Josh was on my show. Okay, sorry, sorry, Jason. See, don't be mad, but we don't listen. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm well, kidding. You were, you I was on vacation, Jason. On vacation. Yeah, I was on vacation. Okay, so Jason, I guess you're going to have to call in, and because here's the deal. Um. What Josh is doing is still a good feeding deed. hungry people, right. right? Whether he's doing it for the clicks, he that's I, Jordana. This is what Jordana thinks. That's still okay if he gets clicks or if he gets paid by TikTok or even if he's making money off of sponsorships. If people mm-hmm. are watching him go to restaurants, the restaurants often give them the food. He doesn't really pay for a lot of the food. Some imagine that he does, or in the beginning, he probably paid for the food. Also, some of these restaurants have given him the food. Some restaurants give the food. Sometimes he pays for it. Um, He's got 5 million followers. If people are watching, Josh, pay, or excuse me, hand out egg rolls to people and feed the homeless or the hungry, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it, but I can still be annoyed by it. You can. But but maybe we need more of that because if they want me to watch a 30-second video of someone getting fed and he gets a click for that and they get food, clearly if we have hungry people in this country, we're doing a bad job of feeding the hungry. We're not getting the job done. Mm-hmm. And if Josh is willing to step in and, and help out, I'm all for that. That's part of the problem, though, and in this article about the people who do it for a living, that feed the homeless for a living or house the unhoused for a living – Saying that, well, yes, that's nice in this brief instant that, that it's not that you're not truly addressing the problem. That, well, but but again, how do you address the problem? You can volunteer, you can work at a soup kitchen, and 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 maybe he does all of those things. I don't know. I haven't seen his TikTok. I'll have to look for it. But this is addressing the problem. These people are hungry, and he's giving them a meal. 
And maybe the, the problem is drug abuse and they can't go to a shelter because they want to stay on drugs. They're still hungry. They still need food. So they're not addressing the problem in the way that organizations want them to address it. But he's addressing a real problem we have in this country. Is he exploiting the uh, homeless people and unhoused people for his own personal benefit, though? Even if he's feeding them, he's giving them that brief moment. By putting of, them on his TikTok and yeah, showing them as homeless them. and hungry? Yeah. I imagine he could ask and say, do you mind if I film this? And maybe he does. We're not sure. I hope so. But, I hope he does. But if I was homeless or hungry, I would probably want the meal. Yeah, I, uh, as would I. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with altruism for clicks. If you're doing something good, he's really, it's not like he's getting food, giving it to them on camera and taking it back. <laughs> you know, he's not like, oh, right. okay. Okay, good. stop to- the cameras and give me that food back. <laughs> stop eating. Right. I'm going to give that to somebody else and make it look like I did, you know, a double dip. No, he's giving them the food. They're getting food. He's getting clicks. We're also, you know what we're doing? We're raising awareness about the need for hungry people. Yeah. We're saying, look at the problem in this country. There are hungry people on the street, and people understand that that's a problem, but maybe it'll inspire somebody who well, that's can help too. solve the problem. That's the argument that he would make, too, and that yeah. a lot of people are saying, okay, this inspires other yes. younger people to do the same thing. Or figure out a way that we don't need, and we love Josh, but that we don't need him because we will have solved hungry you know, hunger or homelessness. Like who knows who's watching that, who's saying, wow, this, you know, who knows what privileged person is watching on TikTok saying, wow, there's a real need. I'm going to figure out a way to solve this problem. And he also, based on, and uh, thank you, Jason, for pointing out, because I'm going to go listen now. To, yeah, 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 for sure. Because he's he's so fam- he's familiar with many of these people because he's seen them so many times that he's actually oh, he's developed the relationships oh, okay. with them. Uh, Ron is in Mankato who's chimed in. Ron, good deed or uh, just kind of selfishness? What do you think? That's good deed. It's got to be a good deed. Because, uh, well, for one thing, as far as the selfishness, there's psychological people who say that everything we do is selfish. Yeah. But, but that's a whole different story. Uh, no, he's doing no different than a lot of people who are looking for assistance to help uh, homeless or the hungry or what have you he needs those clicks to make money so he can fund the homeless Mm -hmm. yeah ron thanks for the call that's it i mean it's a new business model if anything else and it's well it's a business model but he's not making money off the homeless people he's making money off the views no yes yeah no no yeah totally no but that's what i'm saying it's a new way to fund giving people um food feeding the hungry and I th- as you just pointed out, we haven't solved it. It is one of the great uh, tragedies and right. crimes of this country that we have people who are hungry and without houses. Because there's enough food to feed everybody. We just can't we get it to it the out. right people in the right way. And it doesn't mean that our friends over at Union Gospel Mission or our friends at Second Harvest aren't doing the best they can. They're absolutely doing the best they can. Yes, some homeless people don't want to be housed. Some you know, people don't want to be either, you know, get mental help uh, to get mm-hmm. them back on the right track. We understand there's always going to be people who fall through the cracks, but uh, there can be a better solution to what we're doing. And if 
we didn't grow up with social media, but it exists now. If social media can help solve the problems, and and I'm not saying Josh Josh is solving immediate problems by giving hungry people something to eat, mm-hmm. but he also may be inspiring some ten year old who's like, oh, I grew up watching this kid's videos, and uh, he, that, that person has a mind for how to solve homelessness or hunger in a different way. So ex- exposing this, I think, can only to, right. to younger people who maybe are more privileged. Uh, I think that is a good thing. And I think those younger people don't view it like we do. Like uh, older people are like, oh, I want to show off. I think younger people, that's just how they live their lives. That now. is how they live. Yes. Uh, Wes is in Wilmer. Wes, jump in. You're on the WCCO talk line. Uh, yeah. The, the British writer C.S. Lewis, uh, I guess that was him. He said the best example of, of integrity is doing something good when nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd... Well, so Wes, should Josh not do yeah. it if nobody is watching? You know, if he only wants to do it because he'll get credit for it, then should he not do it? Well, you put it that way. You <laughs> said, should he only do it oh. when he's getting credit? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. no. I mean, either, either way, it, it, the end result is uh, something good. Yes. Good quote, Wes. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Wes. Make a good point. I think um, I had heard that quote before, but I think I agree with his sentiment in that that good deed is a good deed no matter what. No matter who sees it. That's my point. No matter what happens. It might bug the living. A person was fed. Right. But it is also, and this is what the quote reveals, it's not a sign that this specific TikToker has any sort of integrity in his life, like that—that's not what we're talking about here. If the question was, "Is this a good person that really wants for the the best for homeless people in our community?" I don't know that we can say that with any certainty. Maybe he is. Maybe mm-hmm. he's not. Um, if you find somebody that's doing that uh, without getting any accolades, then I think you could say like that person's really doing something special and has integrity. And we just maybe don't know that in yeah. this case. But it doesn't mean he doesn't. Doesn't mean he does. Also remember, and the argument, the overall item, it doesn't matter. No. If they're doing the good deed, right, they're it doing does the good deed. I mean, you can say, okay, give me a break. He's doing but also remember, Josh wasn't born with 5 million followers. Right. He did this before he had 5 million yep. followers. And I imagine he didn't just go to a restaurant and say, hey, I'm Josh. Can I get food? He probably paid for the food. Mm-hmm. And we also don't know how much money he donates to hunger organizations. He probably does that, too. So – you know, we're all sitting back here saying, oh, well, he should donate with the money he gets from the clicks. You know what? He, he's doing enough. He's allowed to make right. a living and he's allowed to make money. And he also worked toward getting those followers to shine a greater spotlight. And by the way, we applaud uh, big donations, big money do- donors, whether they're individuals, companies, when they donate so much money to a cause and then they have their name on a building or they buy, buy up three tables at a gala. Uh, because uh, they're such a good steward right. of the community. Mm-hmm. Right, and mm-hmm. they are. We appreciate it. They need that money. But don't tell me that's not for a little recognition. Right. Too. Why do why do organizations sponsor uh, charity right. events? Exactly. Because their name goes up there. They get a sponsor name. That's exactly, oh, we'll name the gala or whatever. We'll put you up on the screen. I mean, come on. None of it's really altruistic. So um, 
I, I don't mind. I don't mind that they do it for clicks. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Feel free to chime in on the uh, WCCO talk and text line. More calls, more texts, and your chance to win pink tickets before the show ends today. You got to stay tuned to Adam and Jordana on a Monday. It is uh, ten fifty three. That is the Lindus Construction time check. Time to invest in Infinity for Marvin Windows. Text coming in here. A lot of times when people see other people donating their time or money, it motivates them to do the same. A lot of people follow, a lot of people follow by example. I don't know why it was Trump all of a sudden there. When I donate or go to a fund me uh, or a GoFundMe page, I always leave my name, not for recognition, but in hopes that someone recognizes my name and that motivates them to donate. You know what? I never thought of it that way. Me neither. But that is such a great way. Yeah. Cause like, that is the instinct. It's like, well, I just want to be anonymous. But if you leave your name, then someone says, oh, he donated. Not to show oh. like, wow, they, he donated this much amount of money. Yeah. But just to say that you donate and it motivates others to do so. This is, I'm going to have to bring this topic up with my kids because I think they would think we're nuts even talking about this because that's what everybody does on TikTok you, or, or Instagram. or They're not on Facebook anymore. But like I believe that kids just document their lives. And this is part of what Josh is doing. And other kids would show the same thing. Like if they went to a soup kitchen or their soccer game, they document everything. So us saying, oh, is he just doing it for the clicks? The kids are probably like, yeah, and that's just what we do. That is what we do. So that's what they do. That's what they do. That's what, so that they see absolutely nothing wrong with it. And in fact, it's. It's a beautiful of, thing. And it's been, and that's how they live their lives. That's you can sit there and go, ah, just this, boy, that's really annoying. But that's exactly how they live their lives now. Mike's on the line. Mike, jump in here on this conversation. Altruism or clicks? Uh, you know, it's both. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, this is I, a lot of people over millennia have been doing this. And, and, you know, you think TV preachers, politicians, Sally Struthers, Jerry Lewis, how many people... <laughs> yes. How many people with huge egos and and huger bank accounts have been doing this? And I, I worked with a guy years ago who I think was one of the most honest people I ever met. He was going to college and he was taking business courses. And he said, I want to help a lot of people. I want to start a nonprofit and I want to help as many people as I can. And I want to make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. He was just right up front with it's just it. Just honest, you know? right? Yeah, and and you, there's nothing wrong with there that. There's nothing wrong with that. You, both yeah. they shouldn't be mutually. As long exclusive. as you're not doing it at the expense of those folks. That's why we should exactly. pay the the CEOs of um of of nonprofits a whole lot more yeah. because we want sure. the best CEOs running those nonprofits. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much. Great point, Mike. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Thanks for the call. And and no disrespect to the current CEOs. I'm sure they're doing an amazing job. Hope, but ho- I was hope they're well paid because we see you know billionaires running huge corporations. Right. But uh, sometimes nonprofit CEOs will take less money because they are doing right. good work. And even to Mike's point about you know the all the the big name celebrities that even I I don't even fault a lot of times that that's why they're getting in. A lot of times those. Nonprofits want a big name or a big yes. celebrity out front yes. to draw those eyeballs and 100%. have people uh, writing checks. Again, back to our first topic. I'd rather have those folks writing a check to feed homeless people than writing a check to a political uh, candidate who goes up in flames I before totally they even agree. has a chance to you know, run for president. You know, talking – I know we only have 30 seconds left, but about that, I always – feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit. And when I say we, I mean the American public. Mm-hmm. We we started the show saying we feel helpless, but you know what? Ab- about the election and about the candidates, if we all stop donating money, 
then if we all did it collectively, there would be no more money. They or, would have to reform the way they campaign. Or if you're feeling depressed about that, do something good in your community. Was it Debbie who was mm-hmm. kind of criticized us for that? Again, right, not we'll mutually exclusive. Yep. We can do both. Uh, the uh, Minneapolis City, City Council and a, uh, a statement of support. That mm-hmm. controversial topic. One of the council members says, uh, we're out of our lane here. We'll talk to that council member next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 